Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nico, the Sultan of Steel. You have backup dancers on the podcast today, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <huh? laughs> the, the, the miracle of mindfulness, uh, the, the apostle of Agnes, uh, Nick Sutherland. Nick, how are you, mate? You look very comfortable there and look like you're in the perfect spot to record this podcast. Ah, oh, I'm ready to go. I've just, uh, just stepped out of bed and um, <laughs> we're off to the race. I just finished. Uh, no, it's been a shit fight this morning. Uh, this is take two of the podcast. Uh I've just literally walked in the shed uh, and Em was stretching in the background as you saw there. So I'm going to have to apologise to, to her later. Um, yeah, here we are. This is this is life, man. Nico, I've been talking a big shoe for the last half an hour or so. We've been fluffing around up there doing God knows what. Can you please introduce our amazing guest today? I can introduce our amazing guest and uh, it's going to be... Super exciting to have him on today because I think the listeners are going to get so much out of this. Um, Stu is a very, very good friend of mine. Um, and he's also been through a couple of MindFit programs. And yeah, he's, uh, I'm just, now with all that's been going on this morning, it's been really important to me to have Stu on and to spend some time with you and Stu, um, because you're both uh, very important people in my life. Um, so, yeah, it's just been hilarious how there's been all these barriers to this being recorded today. But uh, so be it. So, welcome, Stu. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure and an honour. Um, Nick, t- tell, and- us, tell, us, tell us a little bit about, I think uh, Stu said, you know, it'd be good to get him on because he has a, a relatable story and some of the things that he's been through, and, and I totally agree with you, but maybe... Is there something that, that stands out for you that you want Shu to share to kick off or should we just sort of go into his story? Uh, I, know, I think Stu's, Stu's um, well, it, it, it was like me. Like Stu, Stu's one of the few people still in my life that was pre-metanoia. And so Stu, Stu knew the old Nick and the new Nick. Um, and saw the shift and change and evolution of all of that. Um, and he's been on his own journey, similar. Like, mine was pretty quick. Mine was a, you know, when I say pretty quick, probably a year turnaround, where Stu's been um, doing this work for a few years now, and he's still finding his way into in and out of equanimity. Um, so, yeah, just, I just think he's, he's just a... A bloke on a journey now, and and what I love about him is is he just keeps turning up every day. He just keeps turning up for himself, and some days he knocks it out of the park, some days he fucks it up completely. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I just think he's a, a great resource for for people out there listening who are on their own journeys or or just about to start a journey to fully understand what what goes into it. Stu, before we jump into your story, mate, what was Nick like pre-metanoia? Oh, that's what I want to get into here. What was he like? A bit of a rough year? That's another. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other <laughs> episode. It really is a whole other podcast. It's it, it's hard to explain. People wouldn't believe me if I told you exactly what he was like, um, uh, and you wouldn't understand that it's two completely different people. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, it used to be a lot of fun in a different way and now it's a lot of fun in a um a healthier way yeah but we can still be a lot of fun that's important yeah. isn't it do you reckon nico like a lot of people they go through change and they're like oh well, i want to get my act together and clean my life up and i want to you know follow through on what i say i'm going to do and i want to be more of a an adult and everything but they think they're going to give up fun in the uh pursuit or the gaining of that and that's just not true i think it was really important you said it's just, it's just different it's just different fun that we have now. Yeah, so, so much of the the text or the you know the the dharma, the gurus, the woke blokes, they're, they're all talking about. So many of them talk about getting back to a childlike nature. And pre metanoia, I was 
very unhealed and very out of alignment. So I, I, I was immature, but I wasn't in a childlike nature. Now I feel I'm, I've got more of a childlike nature where it's just like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You know, with Tommy, Tommy's so wonderful. He's just making up words. What's this, Dad? What's that? I'm going to name this. And it's just, and it's fully um, observational sort of space. And, and that's, that's, I guess, the biggest difference for me when, when talk, she's talking about, I was fun before. I was fun in a let's get drunk and let's see how many shots of tequila we can have and let's see how many women we can sleep with and let's just – it was all – I wasn't of any value, really. I wasn't adding anything much. It was a very surface-level um, existence. And then now I feel you – know, I'm, I'm operating on a much deeper level but still hopefully having fun and bringing lightness and, and joy. Well, we have a few laughs. There's no doubt about that, Nico. Shu, Nick said you've been doing this work uh, for for a few years now, um, and you're in kind of your own process. What I suppose led you? I, I get really interested, and I think a lot of um, people who listen to the show are kind of at that phase where they're like maybe thinking about reaching out for help, not sure where to turn, and that kind of thing. Like, what was happening in your life? Like, what was the catalyst? I suppose to say, hey, I need to do a bit of work on myself. Yeah, the biggest thing for me was uh, in 2017. My mum passed away and I was really worried because I had the potential to, to just go down a black hole and just turn my life to shit. And I just, I didn't want to do that. I thought that would be a bit disrespectful to her. And I knew Nick was doing what he's, what he's doing. Uh, and I thought, you know, I've got this great resource here. We'll go and have a conversation. And so I think I did a, Nick trialed a six-week program. So I did a six-week program and it was sort of like an introduction. And then I did a 12-week program. And at the end of the 12-week program, it was quite obvious that I definitely, there was plenty of room for improvement. And then I did the 12-month program and I, I look back at that 12-month program and I laughed so hard because I remember finishing that 12-month program and just, it was almost like I'm like, yep, job done, I'm healed, I'm the best. And then I think for another 12 months, I, I sort of said to myself, um, well, you've done the program, mate, so you've got to get better. And, and I didn't want to go back and talk to Nick. I wanted to tackle it all myself and nothing changed. I was still, I sort of had the knowledge. That, these are Nick's words. He said, you, you've got to, you turn the knowledge into wisdom. And I, I had the knowledge. I just had no, I didn't know how to turn it into wisdom. And so I would still behave in a way that I wasn't proud of or I didn't want to behave that way. So I knew there was something that needed to be improved upon. And so I went back and spoke to Nick and we were sort of doing like a three-monthly maintenance program. And I figured that we've we figured out together that probably wasn't enough. And so now I'm doing like a monthly maintenance program. And it's – I think that repetitiveness – is what helps you, it keeps it in the forefront of your mind and it gives you the opportunity to oh, reflect on how you've behaved. Oh, geez, I didn't want to do that today. Or, oh, okay, well, I've done really well today. And um, I think the last two sessions that I've had with Nick, I've, I've been excited to, to have the conversation with him. And it's not to tell the story, it's just to say that this is the experience and I think I landed on my feet and I'm moving forward. And knowing that you can do that, uh, it's such a relief. Like I, I just don't feel anywhere near as stressed or anxious as I used to feel and things just don't bother me half as much as they used to bother me. I still get agitated by things but I'm also capable of going, okay, that bothers me. Why does it bother me? And 90% of the time it's because I'm not hearing what I want to hear or I'm not getting what I want. And it's like, okay, well, you know you don't always get what you want so you can deal with that and it's – it's so funny how how irrational your feelings are, and you know, five years ago I was like, "Well, everything sucks. It's the end of the world." And now it's like, it's just not that bad. Yeah, uh, that's 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 amazing, Shu, and I love that. And we actually had a while we we're waiting Nick to do God knows what up there in Agnes before we jumped on. We were having a little chat, and we we're talking about that ability. Um, and it sounds just so simple, but we find, especially us guys, we find it so difficult just to be able to stop. So stop the momentum, stop, you know, hop off the hamster wheel, 
and then look at it and step back from the situation and go, hang on, what's actually going on here? And it takes some balls to do that, to look at it and then eventually say, and I do still do this on a weekly basis, I look and go, oh, I'm just not getting what I want or I perceive I'm not getting what I want. And I imagine I'm like a little toddler having a tantrum. I'm not getting what I want. I'm throwing my toes, toys all around the house. But we do it as an adult with more sophisticated language, so we think it's a much bigger problem than that. But at the end of the day, it is just a little inner tantrum that we're having. And I think that ability to stop and be able to look at things from a, a pulled-back position with some more objectivity is just so, so important. And then once once we actually see the problem for what it is, I'm not getting what I want, then I can move forward. You know, Do I need to actually do anything about that? Do I need to take action and talk to someone? Do I need to take some time out for myself? Well, now that I've got that awareness, I can actually get on with my life from a different state of mind. So... Really beautiful there. Good work, Nico. Well, he, he spoke about, he also spoke about um, you know, turning the knowledge into wisdom, but it's through application and it's through embodying. There's no point in there intellectually understanding what's being written on a whiteboard and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, get that. And then going off and just doing exactly what you were doing prior to the session. So a big thing with mindfulness is clients have to, do the work they've got to they've got to make this program work for them they've got to take away the tools and resources and use them in between session use them when someone cuts you off use them when you know you, you get a tax bill that you weren't expecting use them uh when someone does something and goes into shame or embarrassment and you're there for them and you say hey it's okay you know there, there's all this every day there's so many opportunities to do the work and that's uh, the beauty of this stuff but i think what Stu was also talking about it's uh, he's a he's a he's a wonderful um example of this quote it's it's simple to be happy but it's difficult to be simple and so we can understand it all and go yeah yeah that's what it means to be happy and just just surrender and let go and just allow things to be what they are yeah yeah and then you go and try that and you're like Fuck, this is this is really difficult. This is so challenging to continually surrender, surrender, surrender my attachments to what I think should be happening or my preferences for what I'd like to be happening. And and it's um yeah, it's difficult. But but as I said, Stu Stu's kept turning up every every day for for himself and all of this is coming back to emotional intelligence. And both Stu and I had very little EQ um, pre metanoia, we we had hardly any self awareness, no self management really, a bit of social awareness, and not really much of a, an ability to have relationship management. And um, so going going through it, and and the biggest thing is having this self awareness, and and that's really what Stu has developed is this awareness of himself. And last episode was know thyself, and and Stu is really getting to understand who Stu is. But in the past, he was he was running away from his humanity. There's so many clients trying to escape their humanity and, and expect to have no neurosis at all. I don't want to have any thoughts that that are that are bad thoughts, or I don't ever want to get angry or upset or anything. And and that actually really blocks you from from doing the work. And I observed that with Stu and. And I loved that he went off on his own and and was defiant and stubborn. And, no, I've done my twelve month program. I don't need maintenance, Nick. And then he sort of came knocking on the door. And, oh, maybe maybe I'll try three three monthly. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, anyone to say that I'm, I'm not good enough. But you know. And then finally, he got to this. All right, let's do monthly. And and, and Stu. Everyone's on the spectrum. Some people come into contact with this stuff and they just explode and they bear fruit straight away and it just all makes sense. And like, oh. But the majority of people are like Stu that goes, okay, all right, yep, and that, and yep, and that, and yep, and that. So, yeah, it's it's, it's just so great to, to work with you. And I don't usually, you know, in, in the psychology fear, mental health fear, and it says don't work with family and friends, you know. But Stu and I have got a really wonderful relationship in that we can compartmentalise it when Stu comes into the office, you know. He's the student, not the teacher. Um, but outside of that, we can go and have a beer as well and and switch off. And this stuff still filters into our friendship. Um, but, yeah, but that, for me, adds to the friendship, I think. 
Oh, brilliant. Stu, has there been an area for you um, that has maybe been more difficult than others? You know, some people struggle with, you know, maybe it's, it's money or relationships or family or work. You know, has there been particular areas of your life that you found that this work has been more difficult than others? Um, so, yeah, I guess the other catalyst for me was I had a relationship that um, didn't go very well. And to look back on it, um, I was in a really good place and um, I sort of got swept off my feet and I fell and she wasn't that into it and uh, it took me a long time to get over that. And I I behaved very poorly and, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of that. Uh, but I, um, I think I look back at it now and I'm like, well, you had to go through that to get to where you are. If, you, if I hadn't gone through that, like I'm, I'm a much better version of myself, and I think that I, for the next relationship that I get into, I'll have a much uh, greater understanding of myself, and I think I'll have a bit more capacity to communicate in a positive way. Um, so I'm sort of looking forward to the next girlfriend I have. It's um, when you, when you look back at that version of your students, I'm not proud of it, but. No, because that memory is a source of stimulus. Do you do you get triggered by that memory and that version of you and go into a sense yeah. of shame, or do you go into compassion for him, or what's the? No, no, I'm I'm really grateful that I experienced it because if I didn't, then I'd still be in that trap of unrealistic expectation and then overreacting when I'm not getting or hearing what I want. And then no, I would do things for her, and then when she didn't fall at my feet and praise me, I'd be I'd feel really uh, unappreciated and. It was something that you spoke to me about. And you're like, well, you're setting her up to fail. And I was like, oh, so it's not even her fault. What do I do? Which <laughs> is, it really is funny. And I look back at that. I don't have any ill will towards her. Like she, the, the one, the, the thing that when I find myself getting frustrated with people and life and anything like that, the one thing that I always come back to, and it, I, I apply this to my dad a lot, is everyone's doing their best. And with the skill set that you have, if you're doing your best, you can't have an unrealistic expectation of other people because if they're doing their best and everyone's doing their best, you don't meet a lot of psychopaths who intentionally try and destroy you. So <laughs> if you can understand that people are doing their best, it gives you a chance to go, oh, hang on. He's not, you know, this isn't personal. This is just someone who isn't as self-aware as you are. or doesn't have the emotional intelligence that you do. And it's not a comparative thing. It's just understanding that you're not on the same level. Um, yeah, that and then no, it's, it's, it's good too. It's it's great hearing once again. This this is I'm, I'm just imagining people sitting there listening, and they'll just be able to. So many of us have been through a, a relationship that didn't turn out for the best, and so many of us have, you know, you said before, has that you know, you just this having this, this little person having a tantrum, or Stu's a big person having big tantrums, yeah. and. And and what big, big stew tantrums would yeah, yeah. No. and what what stew would do is what all of us do he'd go looking for what's going to make me feel better and and that was eating drinking gambling yeah same as me back in the day and um I think what he's what what he's observing now is that there's not as much of an attraction to those things anymore is that right stew. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm the thing I'm really enjoying at the moment. Um, so today's Sunday. Last night, Saturday night, it would be, mate. You've worked hard this week. You, you've you've earned it. Go and have some beers. And I went to bed at nine thirty last night, and I was awake at <laughs> six this morning. And I feel great. I'm fresh. Um, like clear headed. I've got things to do that I'm looking forward to doing because I know that I'm not going to be exhausted or tired or hungover and just the option i think you said it nick um i'm i would say i'm probably an occasional drinker now and in the last probably three or four months i've had a few social events where i've gone and had a couple of light beers and i've driven home there was a time when that even the concept of doing that was so foreign to me. It was like, why would I drive? I'm getting drunk. Like, we're getting messed <laughs> up. It's going to be great. Tomorrow's going to be hard. I might have Monday off. Like, let's just have a good time. Whereas now I'm learning that I can socialise with people without being drunk and I'm not there to make a fool of myself 
and like I'm very, uh, I guess this stems from insecurity, very much an attention seeker, like to try and be the life of the party, try and be funny, and then I can still have a joke and have a laugh and have a beer and drive home and wake up fine the next day. And it's that's something that's really new to me sort of in the last sort of six to 12 months. So, um, and what it is is it's they were all coping mechanisms and now I've developed a little bit of wisdom and I'm like, oh, I don't need to. I'm, I'm dealing with my stresses as they arise instead of letting them all accumulate and then going, right, well, let's have a big blowout and, and um, you let off some steam that way. You, you wake up the next day, you're hungover, you're poorer, and the stress is still there. And that's yeah. where you're sort of like, hang on a minute, maybe this isn't working for me. And well, I, that's I a... do, I look, I laugh, I do laugh. Well, it's a byproduct of, you know, doing this work is we give ourselves more options. And I, I completely identify with what you just said because that was for me for most of my life. It's like I remember my ex-wife, sometimes we were going out for drinks and I had stuff on the next day. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll drive because you've got so-and-so on tomorrow. I remember looking at her like she was a fucking alien or something. Like, what? Drive to the party <laughs> and drive <laughs> home. Like, the language. Yeah, like, huh? Like the dog was like, huh? Like, it was just like it's just not not an option at all. And like you said, it's not an option. But then yeah, we wake up feeling like crap, less money in the pocket, and like those same stresses that we were, you know, whether consciously or unconsciously trying to escape from, uh, are right there in our face the next day. So yeah, I love that. More options, more options around life, more options with what we want to do with our day, our week, our month, our year. Um, it all starts to open up to us. One thing as well is uh, you used the word. Yeah, sorry, sorry, House. You, you used a word a few last last week, last episode, I think, integrated, and I really sort of took that away because it's um, it's it's a word that I deal with every day, working with clients and even myself. But it, it just it had slipped my mind for some reason. Um, but listening to Stu, we just came back then. He's like, he's a he's integrating more within himself and, and integrating with his life and integrating with the work and you know Stewie was like me very out of alignment and he's he's um through doing this and turning up every day he's coming more and more and more back into alignment and he's never going to be perfect and and he's still got the same amount of neurosis today as he did when he first walked through my door but it's just much less you know um but but that's that's what i'm Excited for Stuart is this integrated version of him and what he can offer because when he's on point, he, he, I don't know too many other people that are more kind, more caring, more considerate, more funny, more generous. You know, all of you know when, when Stuart's in flow, it's the world is a much better place. I couldn't agree more with that because my, you know, few interactions with Stu, I think there was one a little Christmas party at MindFit maybe, then at your going away party, Nick, and um, there's probably been a couple of others in there. But um, what I've noticed is like, yeah, this big, you know, engaging guy um, who is clearly very, very kind and, um, you know, transmits a really good energy. And um, like I said, I don't know, didn't know both of you before you met Noyers. Um, but I can only imagine that it's, it's very, very different, um, that transmission of energy to what it was back then. So the testament to you, Stu. Thank you. And I think with that integration, what a lot of teachers I've heard say is like, when it's that slower, because everyone, like we like hearing the stories about the big thing that happens, you know, like I got, you know, struck by lightning and I was visited by the angels and, you know, my blah, 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 chakras were exploding and now I'm a different person. And that's like those little, those little, bite-sized pain. It's like a movie, you know. It's like, wish my life was like that. It's like, no, you fucking don't. It's a, they've condensed 20 years into an hour and a half. Like, they didn't see all the boring shit in between. Um, and so, <laughs> where it's this slower process, this gradual, you know, doing the work and chipping away and slipping up and getting back on track, there's much more of an integration that takes place. It's the same with, like, money, right? It's like people who win the lottery and they lose it. It's like there wasn't this slow building of wealth and gaining knowledge around money and slipping up and getting back on track. So people get set up for, you know, generational wealth when they do it slowly. I think it's the same with personal transformation uh, and EQ because we get to a point in our life where we go, fucking hell, five years ago I was this and today I'm reacting in this way. That's amazing. We get so grateful for those moments. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast is a, a philosophy that, you know, Stu and I talk about often, but 
what you're saying then with the money, there's, there's a slow, the relationship with money and finances changes slowly over the five years and it's a healthier, it goes at a healthier pace. You know, it's not bang all in one hit because you're just not ready or equipped to deal with it. And and from my perspective, the biggest change in Stu is, is the change in his relationship with himself. And he's, start, he's changed his relationship with himself. And you can tell that that's now flowing into his relationship with other people and other you know, work and, and other areas of his life. What are your thoughts on that, Stu? Yeah, definitely. I, I, one of my, um, I guess I, I look at things like all the coping mechanisms that I had and I just, I, I understand that those things had to happen for me to get to where I am now. So I don't, there's nothing, not a part of my life that I look back on and go, that's the worst thing ever. It's just, it's part of the journey. And At least you didn't end up in jail, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you're, the you're a changer, man. You're a changer, man. <laughs> but one of my one of my genuine favourite things, and I remember, I remember hearing on on the podcast people who'd done work with you guys and going, "Well, how come it happened so easily for them?" And I was still in this comparative mode, and why isn't thing why aren't things working for me? And you just like Nick said, you just keep showing up and then you realise it's not a race. I'm not competing with anyone. Everyone's on their own journey. There's not a time limit on how I how I get there and there's not an end point either. I'm always going to have something to work on. And there was a time when I was like, oh, fuck, I'm always going to have something to work on, whereas now I'm like, cool, man, you've got the skills. You've got something, you, you know, you've got something to work on. Now when something pops up, I'm like, Okay, well, we know that that's an issue for us. I, I like to meditate, but the other thing I really enjoy doing is sitting down and contemplating why does this, why does this bother me and what's the solution to the problem? Um, because it's always going to rattle around in your head. And for 20-plus years, I've had things rattling around in my head and it's not until I get drunk or time passes, you know, a year goes past, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't think about that anymore. I never dealt with the issue. I never solved the problem, whereas now I have the capacity to to sit there and go, okay, this is a problem. How do we solve it? Okay, I'm not sure. But you're, you're, but turning, you're turning inwardly, Stu, now. Where this is the beauty. You're turning inwardly oh. and going within yourself and facing it instead of trying to go outwardly and run away from it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it's it's something that I'm really grateful for that because I've, I've always thought that I was a good problem solver, but I'm very much, I was a good problem solver when it was the perfect storm, when everything worked out perfectly. And as soon as it wasn't perfect conditions, well, I was just a fair weather person who cracked the sads if things weren't right. And it's, you know, it's, it's such a relief. Like I'm genuinely relieved that now I can go, Oh, that's a problem. What can we do about it? This is what we'll do. And then, you know, it, most of my thoughts happen either in the shower or when I'm about to go to sleep. Um, and coming up with a solution is such a good thing. And I'll get the – sometimes they'll reappear. It'll start coming back, and I'll, and I'll catch myself, and I'll be like, mate, you've already dealt with that. Just let it go. And sometimes it takes a little bit more than other times, but just to have the capacity to do that, like – that massive sigh of relief, it's just like, oh, I can deal with this. It's not the end of the world. And but my life You said become... before about – sorry, so you said before about your um, – I don't know how I said about the, you, know, you zoom out and, and you, yeah, it's, uh, what's really going on here. Something that we worked on quite hard with Stu was getting into the reality of what is. That's a, that's a little mindful tool. And the reality is man is sitting in a car – around other cars and they're all have different driving skills and abilities or whatever. Uh, and that's it. No, no one's, no one's going, Oh, there's Stu McMillan up ahead. Kind of, flipping the bit. You know, it's just reality is person is sitting next to another person and they're speaking. It's, it's, uh, has that been a big one for you, Stu? Yeah, definitely. Really. <laughs> walking into Nick's office and Nick going, oh, yeah, a few people woke up this morning and were like, I can't wait to cut Stuart McMillan off. It's going to be so funny. I could just, that's just not how the world works. So, <laughs> so, They've all got a little group. Like They're all planning out the run to work in the morning. 
Yeah, there's a there's a gang of people when they're sending people they're sending each other texts. Oh, he's on Cranberry. Get him, get him. Like, it's just, you, you, you walk into Nick's office. Facebook community this, and everything. Yeah. Oh fuck, yeah, that's so a, funny. Yeah, cut Stuart off Facebook group. Like it's funny, <laughs> So yeah, you walk in and, and Nick you're having you can, Nick can see the tension in you and you have this conversation, oh this dickhead did blah 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 and then he goes yeah, so do you think he woke up this morning and was like, I can't wait to cut you off? And you're like, no, no, that's not what he was thinking. Like, it's not personal. Like, oh, But right. that's what and the then- ego thinks, right? The ego thinks I'm so important that other people's <laughs> days revolve around pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you try and get on with your day without taking my day into account? So funny. Uh, I, I can't. I can't stress enough that you know, I said before. Clients have to do the work and make this program work for them. But that can't happen until they fully surrender. Until they're willing to change their truths. I was listening to a Ram Dust podcast the other day, and Gregory Marcus, who introduces the, what Ram Dust is going to talk about, said something really wonderful. It was about um, the truth is experiential. The, the truth is what you experience. It's not. It's not what you think or what you believe or what you prefer. It's it's what you experience. And so it's not until someone can walk in and say, you know, Stu came in and, and without verbally saying it was like, I'm ready to change my truth. I'm ready to let go of what I think and everything. And and the amount of trust that it takes in this program, especially when there's a personal relationship involved, like Stewie walks in and is in I can tell, you know, he's either emotional or he's been triggered and he's active or he's beating himself up or he's something. And and every part of him wants me to join his pity party. Every so much of him is, is just like, oh Nick, you know, tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. And I'll sit there and I'll I'll offer I'll offer something logical or rational to him. And he hates it in the moment. It stings and it burns and it's cauterizing his ego and his ego. You can see it's, it's, it's so weird. Like she was a big dude, but you can see this ego and him twisting and turning and that. You know, it's it's this amazing experience for me to watch. And finally, he just bursts into laughter at how irrational he's been for three or four days or whatever. And and the visible relief on him, as he's saying before, and just this. I can breathe again, you know, but but it takes so much trust in in that client therapist relationship for for that to happen. Absolutely, one of my favourite things about working with Nick is watching him. I I put it like this: like he just takes one hat off and puts one hat on. So it's like, okay, we're going to put the counsellor hat on now, and then it's like we're going to go out for dinner and have a beer. All right, well, we're putting the fun hat on, and it just it. Like I think I'm quite privileged to be friends with him and to see how he can interact in a really social environment and how level-headed he is and then go, okay, well, it's business time, let's have a conversation and him just go, right, oh, this is, these are the things that you, this is where you're at. And he's also, like, he's an incredibly patient man and in the sense that imagine, right, he can see the path for you. He can't make you walk down that path, you have to do it yourself and then he'll throw you a breadcrumb and then you'll throw you another breadcrumb and then you'll throw you another breadcrumb and then finally you'll pick one of those breadcrumbs up and you start heading in the right direction and, it, and it's it's um, it's so much fun to realise you're on the right track and you're, and you're picking up the breadcrumbs and you can sort of see with Nick that he um, he he appreciates the progress like, and he, he always puts it back to to you or to me like that he's proud of the progress that I'm making I don't think of it as a, a pride thing I think of it just as a step in the right direction but like imagine the relief for him when he sees his clients doing the work and I I never considered it work but um I couldn't have done it without like I'd still be where I was if I didn't go and see Nick like it's just I couldn't. I couldn't do it on my own. But if I've got this resource there, and it's such a, uh, a comforting thing that it's not something I feel like I rely on. It's just now I'm at the point where we have conversations, and he helps me manage what I'm, what I need to work on. If that makes sense, it does complete sense, and it's it's brilliant and a testament to you, Nick. And it's like you know, one of our roles as as practitioners is to 
because especially us guys when, we, when we're doing this work, it's as soon as we make that step, we take that next breadcrumb. It's like, all right, where's the next one? All right, where's the next one? And we're just going to go, hang on, let's just first acknowledge the fact that you were back at that breadcrumb but yeah, way over there and you're here. Okay, let's acknowledge that and then go to the next breadcrumb. Otherwise, we'll just keep searching for those breadcrumbs and not acknowledge the progress that we're making. And that, once again, that word integration, it helps with that integration piece. Yeah. Well, I think, Stu, and thank you for that, Stu. That's very heartfelt. Um, I think Stewie is very good at picking up the breadcrumbs, but forgetting to, to sit with them and explore what they were and to, to um, get the nutrients out of it. It was just like, no, nah, right, what's the next one? What's the next one? As you were saying, has. So a big part of my job is is slowing people down and, and saying, yeah, but what did you learn back? No, you've got to go back. No, you, you don't belong up here. You've got to go back. Oh, but I made it here. Well, did you? you know, yeah. <laughs> I think I made it here. Yeah, you've missed uh, it. You've missed part. <laughs> and it's the uh, I I do get I'm, I'm my client's biggest cheerleader, and, and just you know when 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 they reach a goal or they start bearing fruits of their labour, or they come and they say, or they send me a text message or even a phone call and say, Nick, I, I experienced this. I'm just like, oh, that's I'm just I just love that you got yourself there, and and it is a yeah, it's always a teamwork and a co-creation, but um, just just to, to see, you know, I, I wanted to get Stu on um, for a long time, but I never felt he was ready. And it wasn't until he came in for a session a few weeks ago that I was like, now he has, now he has something to give. You can't give away that which you do not possess. And and Stewie finally attained this this. Um, level of awareness and everything was like right now he has something to offer and i'd love to get him on the podcast i'm just imagining it's like this okay the the student you are now ready that the final stage of your enlightenment is to be a guest on the woke blokes podcast <laughs> i've arrived i have arrived <laughs> But I also I also know Stewie's tendencies and trades very well, and uh, Stewie Stewie's ego loves to be patted and loves to be stroked, and and, and you just saying that has I could I could fear Stewie's ego wanting to come to the surface and experience. I'll see that. if I can knock him down a few pegs. Give me give me a few minutes. Um, I, I, I have a funny story to tell. Well, I think it's funny when I think <laughs> it was just after I'd done my twelve months. That's program, the main thing. You guys were doing. Doing the um, doing the podcast, and I remember sitting down going, "They'll probably get me on." Like it wouldn't be surprising <laughs> if they got me on. And then, like fast forward like two years, and me going, "Thank fuck, they didn't get me on." You guys are smart enough to go. We're not getting him on. Like, what's he going to offer? Listen, everyone, just in case you didn't know, I'm amazing. And I'm, I'm good at everything. Like just, like just, it's it's so. What, I, what, I, I laugh so hard, and I'm like, man, you just like relax. What, one of my one of my favourite sessions with you, Stu, was was that one in which I reflected to you that you wanted to live in a utopian world and where you got what you wanted but you and everyone had to be perfect but you were allowed to be not perfect you were allowed to fuck up and you were allowed to get angry and all these things but no one else on the whole of the planet was able was able to do that this doesn't sound like a utopia for us (laughs) (laughs) what a wacky utopia is this no, it's the it's all up here. <laughs> it's the Stu McMillan utopia. Yeah, it's and that's it's very. What are you going to say, Stu? Do you know how hard it is to what? It's how hard it is to hear that because you're like, oh, I did do that. I did behave that way. I did think that, like, not directly, but you're like, why isn't everyone doing everything that I want them to do all the time? And it's just, <laughs> um, can you hear yourself? Uh, I can now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny, and I, that's and that's, that's, a, that's that level of trust and, and sorry, that's that level of trust and rapport when you can hold up a mirror without judgment. And I, I, I hope Stu never feels judged, but 
uh, hold up a mirror and just just gently reflect. That, did you just notice this? Did you just hear that? And oh. can you hear and yourself? It, crack, oh. it, it, it cracks him open. Yeah, can you hear yourself? And then you're like, if I heard someone else talking like that, I'd be like, I need to get as far away from this person as possible. <laughs> it's, it's it's the Michael. It's the untethered soul, house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's um, yeah, start to pay attention to the voice in your head and just listen to it for a day. But instead of it, you know, thinking these are my thoughts, uh, picture that it's a friend and they're just sitting next to you so all day in the car at work on the couch at home. They're sitting next to you and you're listening to what they say. And then at the end of the day, after you hear it, completely argue for one side of a point, then flip and go completely the opposite. Tell you to do something, then beat you up for doing that exact thing. Then at the end of the day, you're like, is this someone I should be taking advice from? You're like, fuck. No, I should not be taking advice from this person. They're crazy. They are crazy. That's like, but this is a certified psychopath. If we're not aware and we don't have that, you know, perspective, then we're stuck in here and we just believe everything it says and we act on what it says. Little do we know with awareness, we see that it's crazy because it's been conditioned to be crazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a couple of things that I picked up. Sorry, Tess, the mind's a, be- a beautiful uh, a beautiful servant but a terrible master. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the other what saying? It's like when, when you start, you know, doing this work, it's best to go see a professional because it's like visiting a bad neighbourhood. You're better off not going there alone into the dark recesses of the mind. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. A couple of things that I picked up from what you were saying earlier, Stu, was um, when you're talking about, you know, things – you know, in here, just kind of, you know, festering and then we just wouldn't deal with things and then a year later you might forget about it but you never actually dealt with it. And it's like this, you know, this brutal or radical honesty that we need to have with ourselves in these tough conversations. We know in relationship, like not everyone knows, but trust me, we know in relationship that if there's a little issue with your partner, it is far better to nip it in the butt earlier rather than later. Because if you don't, if festism becomes a big issue and then there's two, three, four, five, six other things and they all start getting bigger and then there's massive arguments and issues in relationship. It's the same thing with our relationship to ourselves and our thoughts. You know, when we can start to catch yourself like you were talking about and go, hang on, mate, why are we thinking that way or why are we behaving that way? And, and where, what are the roots of that? Where's that coming from? Let's have a, let's have a hard or difficult conversation with ourselves before this gets out of hand. And and the more that we do that, that's when things start to transform over months and years because things aren't festering. Things are being dealt with and they're being dealt with in a far more efficient and effective manner. So it's like difficult conversations with yourself. And and one other that's, thing as well. I mean, when, when things build up, when things are building up, they, they, they you start adding lenses and filters and, and that's where you start looking at things disproportionately. And and something we work on with every mindfit client is, is to have an emotional response that's in proportion to what you're experiencing, to what someone's saying or to what someone's doing. But you can't have an appropriate response that's in proportion if, if you've got six or seven other things compounding it and building up on it. And I think Stewie was once upon a time very good at, at having reactions that weren't quite in proportion and, and may still have a tendency to do that occasionally. I'm sorry, sir. I'm not familiar with that term. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been known to blow up and definitely overreact. And then you know, when, when you realise, you've got to put your tail between your legs and apologise. It's not a lot of fun. <laughs> What's uh, another Stewie trait was resting on laurels, and that's a classic example of the um, finishing the program. It's like, yeah, done, cooked and baked, and uh, I'm just going to park up now and just um, you know live in utopia. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's always fun watching Stu come in and go, "Fuck it again, I rest on my laurels." God damn it! <laughs> I'm just going to kick back yeah, so and let life be really easy from now on in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the, probably the most recent thing that the most recent occurrence of that would have been um, probably in the last mm, six to twelve months, just in my business. I've I've felt um, I thought I was busy, but I was actually just getting overwhelmed, and I figured out that a lot of it came from not trusting myself. I was afraid I was going to make a mistake on jobs that I was doing. Some of them were delicate. Some of them um, look amazing. And I just sort of stopped trusting that I could do the job. 
So in my mind, I was like, you've got so much to do. So every time someone talked to me, yeah, I'm really busy, I'm really busy, I'm really busy. And then I just received my, my tax uh, account and just did my tax return and I've got quite a large tax bill and he said that I didn't earn enough money and the reality is that I actually wasn't that busy. I was just really, really overwhelmed. And in what I what I did was I was like, okay, well, Mondays you're in the office, so we, we don't go out on site on Mondays. But then the rest of the week we're not going back in the office. And I created this aversion to to um, doing doing the work in the office. And you know, in the last month I've gone you're not doing enough. And I just created this false sense of, of busyness and success and none of it was true. But I've been able to go, okay, mate, how are we going to solve this? And I've got the skills to turn that around and it's all heading in the right direction. But, yeah, very much rested on my laurels in the sense that, oh, look, you know, you've got jobs to do, the phone's ringing, stuff like that. And it's, it's easy to pretend that you're busy. Um um, it's much harder to um, uh, hook in and, and get the work done. But without doing the work with Nick, I wouldn't have had the capacity to even figure out how to turn it around. It would have been doom and gloom, end of the world, better get a slab, might buy a packet of cigarettes, let's just uh, get messed up and then we'll, sol- we'll solve that problem tomorrow. And it, it- <laughs> Is it funny yeah, we do that? It's like I got this, I got this big tax bill, and then we often do, oh, this is the end of the world, fuck it, and then we go and just spend more money and put the problem off, and then just make it worse, and then complain <laughs> when it's worse. You mean comp- <laughs> who, who, who would ever compound a problem? That's just silliness of the highest. I've never ever done it, um, so I've just I'm spe- I read about no, it. So man, I've never. never done it. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a documentary on it. Um, we uh, we talk. <laughs> We talk about the we talk about the five steps to change and listening to Stu, that there was something that needed changing. Um, and so he went into the awareness of it, he accepted that it needs to change, and then he created the motivation for change. He realized he had the um, tools and resources to change, um, and he had the capacity to change it. So he just went through this tick, 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 bang, and now it's, it's not all changing instantly, but you know, and he what. What I love about it is he didn't get triggered at himself, and this is this is so many people's downfall is they get triggered by their own actions, where where our own biggest source of stimulus. And in the past, I know Stewie would have come into the awareness, but then he would have beaten himself up and called himself all these names under the sun, gone and drank and done everything he was, he was talking about, and continued to avoid it. And then that, you know, a week later, he still haven't done anything, beat himself up and this really destructive cycle would have ensued. But now there's just this beautiful awareness, the beautiful acceptance, right? I'm motivated to do this because I can do it and I'm going to do it. And it's just going to stack one foot in front of the other. So, you know, that, that's what's available to all of us. Yeah, I, I can genuinely say that, like I laugh at myself a lot more, but just the amount of relief I have, and it, it started a while ago, so it was relief that I had Nick as a resource, and now it's relief that I've developed some skills that I can I can remain, or not remain, but I can be more objective about things. And so I still get frustrated when things that I don't agree with happen, and then I'm like, I've got the capacity to, to create that space. and. And then that gives me the chance to say to myself, how do I want to react? So even if inside I'm getting sort of triggered or tense, I'm like, okay, you you know how not to react. So how do you want to react? And most of the time now my reaction is no reaction at all. There's still things that get me, but just the relief, the, the amount of like, oh, okay, cool. We may know we handled that to the best of our ability and we haven't overreacted. We haven't gotten heightened and we haven't abused anyone else or ourselves. It's just my life feels easier. And it's that is such a relief. It's such a, a, a like it just gives you a bit of confidence and it just it's, 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 it's funny, Stu, because you just you just said your life's easy and we when we talk about constructive and destructive pathways, the the destructive pathway is 
is easy, but then it becomes harder because you know you keep putting everything off and, and making things much more challenging. But the constructive path is hard, but then it becomes easy. And and you know, just listening to you speak that you know, with it, with it unknowingly was was awesome because you've done so many mental reps, you've done so much hard work, and now you, you, your life's easy. Did you did you even notice you said that? Not really, no, no. I just, um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, I feel like I just got to a point where, you know, you know what's not working and that's where you take that first step in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, if you if you reflect on it enough, you can see that you're taking, and it doesn't have to be a big step. It can be just any, like, don't drink as much as you normally drink or, you know, make a conscious decision to do something positive for yourself. And that's one of the things I, I still fall into the trap of doing stuff on autopilot and I'll be like eating a, like a big Mac or something from like junk food. And then I'll be like, what are you doing? This wasn't on the list. Like, why is what's, what's happened here? And then you're like, right. So I'm developing that skill of being more present and more conscious of the decisions that I make. And it's, it's really, I and I laugh at this too. I'm like, I'll be, I will be eating that cheeseburger, and I'll be like, when, when did this come into the plan? Oh, it's not part of the plan because you weren't concentrating on what you were doing. Like you didn't think about it, you just did it. Okay, cool. Remember that for next time. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. And and when you do get triggered and you do you know, lose your hand a bit, your recovery time is now so much quicker as well. Oh, like absolutely. The- in the past, you would have been gone for days or even weeks sometimes, but now your your capacity to recover yourself um, and self-soothe and self-manage and self-regulate is infinitely better. Hmm. That's that's the one thing I, I keep – one of the things I keep coming back to is um, you get to decide how you feel at any time. And um, experiencing – feeling a way that I don't like feeling, I can now say to myself, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And then you have a little conversation. Why do you feel like this? Okay, because something happened that you don't agree with. Cool. What do you want to do about it? What can you do about it? Well, you can decide to let it go and you can just move forward and get on with your day. And in 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever had happened is out of your mind and you're concentrating on what you're doing. It it took me a long time to get there, but it's one of my favourite things to be able to do now. Like it's just... Things just aren't that bad. It's just not the end of the world. Oh, I'm not getting what I want. Okay, cool. How, so, how how do you feel? You know, you have so much to offer. If if a woman's lucky enough to cross your path and catch your eye and uh, spend a bit of time with you, how you know you, you touched on it earlier, but uh, so yeah. <laughs> there was another story in the Ram Dust podcast yesterday about. Uh, you know, Maharaji um, was suggesting that these people get together and one of them, the guy was going, but why? You, you know, you say there's, there's lust and, and conflict and all these things in a relationship. Why are you suggesting we get in one? Because he goes, well, because that's where you do the work. So in, in a future version of Stewie in a relationship, he's going to have, you know, a, a person in his life who doesn't do what he does or the way that he does it, that doesn't think the way he thinks, that doesn't act the way he acts, that you know, is, is very different in their nature, is maybe a bit more emotions-based or, or, or irrational at times. How, how, do you, how do you perceive that future version of Shuri would, would handle that? Um, I think it would be uh, a nice little challenge and not to say that dating a woman is a challenge, but just it would be an opportunity for me to practice um, all these things that we're talking about. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bubble at the moment because it's just me and the dog. So I think I'm a little bit sheltered from certain things that go on in the world. But yeah, in a relationship, you have to make sacrifices and you have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. But I think I have the communication skills to at least have a discussion about it. And then, and that's sort of sort of what I'm excited about. Like, you know, I have healthy boundaries now, and it's like, what are behaviours that I will tolerate? What are behaviours that I won't tolerate? Well, I can't think about it too much because I'm not in a relationship. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But the future version of me, 
uh, in the relationship, I think will be, I would like to think that I can at least communicate so I can say, listen, I'm not happy with the way things are going and then get their perspective and then I can make a much more informed or develop a inf- much more informed opinion about the situation. That's mm. the theory. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a, looking uh, forward to how it goes in practice. Maybe, Nick, we can um, set something up. Maybe, you know, white blokes at hotmail.com, yeah. any ladies that are listening, we can set them up with Big Shoe. Hello. Mm. It, was, it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a um, loaded question, Shoe. It was a bit of a loaded question because, uh, and, and, and you, you knocked it out of the park because you said, you know, you spoke of it and then you went, and, and all that exists in the future, so I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. And that's really what I was, I was looking for there is this, uh, and that, speaks volumes that is so massive because what that's really saying is i trust that version of me to manage that if and when it comes into existence but i'm just going to stay here doing my thing i've already got a facebook group of people who cut stew off to deal with you know i've, yeah. I've got enough on my plate there yeah. uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but that, that was that was that was exactly why i felt you were ready to come on the podcast because that anxiety can only exist in the absence of trust. There's what is real. You've really cultivated in yourself is this this self trust, uh, and that's come through you building confidence with yourself every time you do catch yourself, or every time you do recover yourself, or every time you do um, take the hard path, or every time you time you do come into awareness that you're you're holding a cheeseburger. All of those moments are, are building this sense of. I've got this. I can do this. Um, I'm equipped to do this. Um, you know, and, and I just, um, my heart's exploding going, yay for, yay for Stu. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Sorry, I muted myself. Right. Um, <laughs> I wish I had that power. <laughs> to mute yourself. To you mute. can. Just press the button. Mm, no. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to want to by the end of our golf trip. Um, so, uh, Stu, I'm, I'm going to jump off, but I think this has been one of the most relatable podcasts that we've had, and I think that um, so many people listening are going to be able to relate to your story, what you're going through, and um, yeah, I just want to take my hat off to you and all the work that you've been able to do with Nick, and mostly just outside of those sessions with Nick, doing the work on a daily basis, and it's clear that you know you're in a, a really great space now, and that work's only going to continue. So, I just want to say thanks for for doing the work, um, but obviously also jumping onto you today and talking to us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's um, it's fun to be able to have this conversation with just letting people know that you, you can do it. Like, it's 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 achievable. And it's not a race. Don't compare yourself to anyone. It's You, you go at your own pace. I'd be the, I'm the perfect example of that. Oh, I would say I was a snail. <laughs> Going in reverse sometimes. I um I want to I want to thank Stu and Haas as well. Um, this has just listening to it objectively, it has sounded like a bit of a, a mind fit sort of um, you know putting mind fit out there. But mind fit's just the vehicle to do this work. Haas does this a lot with people. Uh, there's many other people out there that are that are happening. It's just it just happens. It's Stu, Stu came into. Contact with with MindFit, so um, it's not a plug or an, or an advertisement for MindFit. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Tommy, Tommy's just appeared. Yay! Is that Spider Man? Is that Spider Man? I see. I thought it was show, Tommy. Show me new. Show me new undies. Spider Man undies. Woo! Oh my goodness! Are you wearing them today? Oh yeah, the new ones. I think Stu's that's probably got a pair of them on. Is that- <laughs> On a much bigger. <laughs> I hope so. Gotta <laughs> fit around your calf muscle, I reckon, Stu. This wouldn't get my foot through. <laughs> uh, well, great to catch up, guys. Have some have fun practicing in golf. I hope you I hope you actually start hitting them decently. We're on soon. Couple of weeks, the clock's ticking. So um, that's awesome, Stu. Love your work, Owen. Keep creating a wonderful experience for yourself in whatever way you do that. And, um, well, yeah, I'll catch up with you later. And Tommy, Tommy. I don't know if he can hear you. Nico's talking to you. Uh, yeah, you got the Tommy. You can go on. Cast your webs.
Take that. Stacked up the chair. Can you undo him or he's going to be stuck to the chair all day? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Stu. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you all have a great week and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much and we'll see you all next time.